Gary is going to make an announcement. Thanks, Kelly. Uh, before Kelly starts his lesson this morning, uh, I want to uh, let everybody know that we're beginning a process of uh, uh, selecting uh, some men to be new elders for this congregation. Uh, we want to encourage everyone to uh, participate in that, uh, to nominate people you think you'd want to uh, be an elder. And uh, as you think of those names, uh, think of those men, uh, or as these men think of the possibility of letting their name uh, uh, stand for that uh, work. Uh, and if you say no or you don't think you're old enough yet, hopefully you'll be... Uh, thinking, well, maybe I'll want to do that someday, Peter, or some of the other young bucks. Uh, for those that are new, uh, uh, aren't, aren't aware, the congregation generally, there are, there are three, uh, three of us serving as elders for this congregation, and we want to uh, uh, add to that number. And uh, also, for those that aren't aware, I think one of the things that uh, maybe has uh, blessed our congregation in the last uh, while uh, favorably by, by the Holy Spirit is the fact that we do have uh, seven men who uh, have served as elders in the past who are part of this congregation. So I think that lends itself to uh, uh, a fair amount of harmony and uh, God's Spirit looking down with us with favor. Anyway, the process, uh, we've asked young, uh, young Timothy, or uh, uh, Kelly rather, to uh, uh, look after the process of... Uh, of uh, getting new elders in the near future. Thanks, Gary. Thank you for saying young. I appreciate that. There's a lot of you who went, what? I thought he was talking about Kelly. <laughs> um, there are some forms that Bud and some others are about to hand out, and so if you would take one of those. There are, the idea is for each uh, adult, teenager, person to have one of these. These are our elder recommendation forms. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go through this form just quickly and then I'm going to talk just a little bit about elderships today. You know, several times uh, during my time in the church, which I, I look back on now, you know, my time in the church is getting longer and longer, of course. I became a Christian in 1973. So this is my 40th year of being a Christian. And several times I've gone through this process of uh, working to see new elders appointed in the church. Last time we did this was in the fall of 2006 at our congregation. And so what I'm going to do this morning as we kind of initiate this process, I'm going to go through this sheet very quickly because most of it, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. And then, uh, and then, as I said, make a few comments about eldering. Does everybody have one who needs one this morning? Raise your hand if you don't have one yet and you need one. A few back there. If, if you only have one at this point for your family and you need to get another one later, there, obviously there will be others available. So, just Let me read through this bold section at the top. It says, please carefully read this form, consider carefully the descriptions offered, by el offered of elders, and use the final page to recommend to the Elder Selection Committee those men you think should serve as elders at the Calgary Church of Christ. Please do not recommend any of our current elders as they will be continuing in their roles as elders for the time being. 
And that, I, I'll just tell you, frankly, there are some of our even current elders who've talked at, you know, about the idea of if we had sufficient numbers that came on and were willing to take that role, that they might be willing to take a break. Uh, but for right now, they're going to stay on. Please devote this matter to prayer before making your recommendations. And, you know, we, we sometimes read that and it's almost like we give lip service to it. Well, we should pray. Don't forget that. But that's, that should be taken very seriously, the idea of praying as you get ready to make these recommendations. And then completed forms should be turned into the Connection Center no later than February 17th, 2013. If you have questions, you can talk to one of the elders or talk to me. In Section A, there's just a brief timeline of how this is going to work. And our goal is to have our elders appointed, our new elders appointed on April 7th. And you can kind of see the process there. You'll notice when it says February 17th-March 9th, recommendations are considered and accepted by the Elder Selection Committee. We have formed an Elder Selection Committee that consists of our old elders, at least some of them, and, and then our present elders. And there's probably going to be some other people, or likely to be, uh, some other people who are going to be added to that committee. But we don't know who those are yet. So uh, at least these people will be on the Elder Selection Committee. In Section B... We make the comment that, that during the last year, there was quite a bit of work done uh, by our elders and by the church in terms of outlining the responsibilities and roles of an elder. And the elders did this for themselves. They, they went through and talked about how they thought their role should play out and what they should be doing and the kind of qualifications that should be theirs. And then they asked the church to do the same thing. And there was a lengthy questionnaire that many of you filled out that's made recommendations for what kind of roles and responsibilities you thought our elders should be. And so you'll find that that's listed in section B. Under number one, it says expectations and roles for the eldership as a group, because they, as they looked at this, they felt as though there really is a distinction between what the eldership should do as a group and what elders individually might be asked to do within the church as individuals. And so there are a number of things that are listed there in terms of uh, what they might be doing as a group. And then if you flip over to the second page, under number two, it talks about expectations and roles for each individual elder. And so I'm not going to go through all of that. You can read it for yourselves. But those are the kind of things that we think uh, are necessary or very important. Number three lists qualifications. And we specifically uh, listed there and printed out the passages from 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. And there have been so many times in the past when preachers have offered sermons about those particular passages. We, we're choosing not to do that this time and not going to go through and, and kind of submit you, many of you, to that 50th time that you've heard that sermon about what elders are. We think that our people are competent enough to read the Bible for themselves, and you can go through and read those kind of qualifications for elders. And then down below that, you'll find a, a description, some kind of further things that we think are important within our congregation uh, for an elder to be doing and uh, qualifications that must be his or should be his. Um, like one of the things that kind of uh, makes this list and the, these descriptions um, specific to our congregation is that we have a very specific mission statement and we have a very specific vision statement and we have uh, things that we're trying to do as a church that we think our elders should be right involved with and behind. So for example, we think that our elders should be uh, those who are participating in life groups. And those who should have a, a firm grasp of what we're trying to achieve with our life groups. And should uh, be elders partially on the basis of being supportive of that effort, standing behind it and uh, giving their uh, efforts 
to that program within our congregation. And there's a number of other things that you might think, well, you know, as I read this, you know, this isn't a biblical qualification, but there are things here that we think really should be part of uh, an elder's role within our congregation, and we want to consider people in light of that. Okay, then if you look at the last page, section C, you can see there where you can cut that page off. And then we've, all, we've listed five blanks there for you to fill in the names of elders. Obviously, you don't have to fill in five if you don't think there's that many that you want to recommend. recommend. And yet, if you want to recommend more, you can. I don't know what we would do if we appointed many, many more elders than five. Uh, you know, trying to get that many guys together and make decisions might be difficult. But at, at any rate, if you uh, feel like there's others that you would like to uh, recommend as elders, you certainly can do so. And then please sign that and print your name at the bottom. And then as you read through the uh, timeline for how these things will take place, then you can fill this out. Turn these in before February 17th. There is a box, a wooden box this time, not a cardboard box, a wooden box that is in the Connection Center, and it says on the top of it, Elder Recommendation Forms. And so if you would return those to that box when you've completed this, that would be great. Okay? I'm almost wanting to ask, are there any questions? But I think I'll let you ask the questions of the elders or ask them of me later on instead of doing that right now. Okay? Uh, Let me do something else. As I was thinking about uh, the fact that we're going to appoint new elders, I was thinking about how churches in the past with which I've been uh, associated have, as I said, gone through this process before. And sometimes it's a really healthy, wonderful process, sometimes not as healthy or sometimes more difficult. And one of the things that happens is sometimes churches, I think, make some mistakes as they get ready to go through a process like this. And a lot of it has to do with the f- reflections that they make or the thoughts that they have about what an elder is and, uh, and the kind of things that they should do. And so what I wanted to do this morning was to talk about some priorities that I think we need to keep in mind as we go to appoint elders. And I'm going to run through this fairly quickly. We don't have a lot of time to spend on it, but uh, hopefully this will be in some way helpful this morning, okay? First of all, Churches don't always focus or recognize the theological significance of what they're doing when they appoint elders. A lot of times they just don't recognize kind of the theological gravity of the fact that they're appointing elders to take up a role in the Lord's church. It's almost like when we get married, we know that we're getting married and we know that it's significant. We have some things in our mind about what marriage means. But it's not that often that people think seriously about the sacredness of the marriage covenant, the relationship that a person has with another, and that God is right at the center of that relationship. And we need to do that, uh, both in the case of marriage, and we need to do it in this case as we get ready to appoint elders. We have, in fact, a sacred task that needs to be thought of in that way. And part of that is because of the way that the New Testament talks about these people who serve in this role of elders. For example, the New Testament says that they they represent and emulate the role of Christ. And so if you were to turn to 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4, you'd see these words. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. 
Now, up until then, it's very it's just a description of the kind of character and kind of things that an elder would do. But look at these next few words. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Well, up above, after the colon, in the third line there, it says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. And we know that our elders are supposed to be shepherds. But the Bible very specifically says here, and for example, in John 10, that Jesus is the shepherd. And so when a person takes on this role, what role are they taking on? Well, they're specifically emulating the role of the chief shepherd as they become a shepherd within the church. And so that's something to consider. This, and that's a very Christological, theological kind of definition of what it means to be a servant of Christ in this way. To serve as an elder means that you're going to emulate Christ. Another thing that's right there with that is that they are given the role these elders are, they're given the role they have by God being appointed by the Holy Spirit. And we tend to think this is just a, a kind of human task. In fact, the New Testament, if you've ever thought about this, does not describe in any detail at all about how to appoint elders in the church. There's no description. And so it's clear that the church has options about how it might go about the task of appointing elders. But it does say, even though we don't know how to do it, we know what happens when we do do it. And that is that the Holy Spirit is part of the process when elders are appointed. And so, Acts 20, verse 28 says, Keep watch over yourselves, and this passage is talking to elders, and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. So we may not know exactly how we're supposed to appoint them, but we definitely know that God is part of the process and that the Holy Spirit is appointing elders even as the church appoint elders. Now all of that kind of goes under the classification of we need to think in terms of the theological significance of what we're doing when we go about the task of appointing elders. This is in fact a kind of sacred task into which we enter. It's not just practical. It's not just pragmatic. God is a part of the process of appointing elders in the church. A second priority that I think we need to keep in mind. When the church appoints elders, they don't pay them appropriate respect and appropriately honor their authority. Oftentimes, I'm afraid this is the case. Like I said, my experience in churches and having done this before is that oftentimes this is one of those things that kind of comes up. There isn't the kind of appropriate respect and appropriate honor that goes to the elders the way that there should be. And so I look at this passage. Respect your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. You know, one of the things I've noticed, unfortunately, is that when a church starts to become critical of its elders, that they do, in fact, sap the joy right out of those people who are trying to serve. And it's amazing how many times people who have been elders for some period of time, they've done that for a bit, and pretty soon it becomes a burden. In fact, Instead of the joy that it is to serve in the church and to be honoring Christ in that way, elders after a while are saying, boy, you know, it sure would be nice to not have this responsibility for a while. This is a tough one. You know, the, the things that we have to put up with sometimes, it's not an easy job. And, you know, and having been uh, worked with several elderships now, having been in on, I don't know, 500 elders meetings or something, I, 
although this is the case, I find it so sad. Like, I just find it tragic that this is what happens to our elders. Because it's supposed to be, I think, exactly the opposite. That it is, in fact, supposed to be, as this says, a joy. Like, the work that we offer for Jesus should be thrilling. We should be overjoyed to participate in that kind of role. And oftentimes, it's not that way. And and there are various reasons for that, not just the one reason of the church maybe not honoring and respecting the elders as much as they should. But in some cases, that's it. And we need to be careful about this. It seems as though the New Testament speaks fairly specifically to that in Hebrews 13, 17. So we need to take that seriously. Another priority that we need to keep in mind, and again, it reflects some kind of difficulty within the church sometimes in the way that they respond to elders. Third, they place, the church does, too much priority on public persona, speaking skills, and business acumen. And what I mean by that is that sometimes the criteria that people use for placing leaders within a responsible position in the church isn't that much different than the way that they look at a responsible position in any other place in society. And my impression is that it's not supposed to be that way. You'd think that the reasons that someone would be chosen to serve in this role within the church would stand completely different from, at least in one sense, from those who are serving in the secular world. And so there's this whole spiritual side to serving Christ that needs to be there if we're going to talk about who these people should be as they're serving as elders. And I would think that some of these things could actually end up being exactly the opposite of the kind of characteristics you would want to see within a person who is an elder. It's interesting that although there is mention of things like teaching, and I'll get to that in just a moment, in terms of public persona, speaking skills, and business acumen, I can't find any of those in the descriptions of elders in the New Testament. So if you read 1 Timothy chapter 3 or Titus chapter 1, you won't find those. You might find something that somehow references some abilities that they might have, but you're not going to find anything quite like this. And sometimes these are the skills that the church looks at and says, oh, he's going to make a great elder. That guy has done so well in business. He's made a lot of money. Boy, he would really manage the church well. Well, that's very possible. If he has all of the other things that he needs to have in order to serve Christ as an elder the way that he should. And then, fourthly, sometimes the church, we, they place too little emphasis on a shepherd's ability to actually lead by teaching and telling others of Christ. This is probably the most challenging and most difficult one in terms of the things that a person should be looking for uh, in an elder. But the New Testament actually is somewhat clear. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. And I'm, and I'm not thinking so much of the role of the evangelist, the one who stands up and preaches on Sunday morning or something, like my role. That's not really what I'm thinking of. What I'm thinking of is a person who has this kind of ability to share Christ with the world, who puts himself out there as an example of what it means to share Christ with the world and is willing to do preaching and teaching. Um, and I know that people teach with their lives and not just in these public speaking kinds of roles. And so all of that has to be taken into consideration. But if you're choosing someone who doesn't have the ability to be an example to others or lead others along or mentor others, then you're probably not picking the, the ideal person to serve uh, in this role of leading the church. 
So my impression is that these four areas are areas that churches frequently make mistakes in. No doubt we make some other mistakes, but these are four. I hope you take those into consideration as you uh, go through your forms, as you fill that out, and I think that God is going to richly bless this process. That's all I wanted to share this morning. Okay? Let's pray. Holy Father, we praise you and we thank you for the gift and the blessing we have of being your children. And Father, although this seems like a kind of, almost a, uh, I don't know, a routine kind of procedure, almost a mundane thing, the way in which we treat it, we know that it's a spiritual task. We know that calling men to serve in this role and this responsibility is a significant thing within the church. And it certainly is within our church. And so I pray, God, that as we reflect on what it means to serve in this way and as we reflect on men who could serve in this way, that you give us great wisdom. And Father, guide us specifically by your Spirit. I pray that your Spirit would be front and center in the process of appointing new elders in our church. God, I pray this would be a spirit-ordained process, that you would be right at the center of it, and that you would help us to set aside all the things that are not of the spirit as we think about those who would serve in this role. Be with us, Father, in this process. We want this to be yours. We want the, uh, we want the conclusion here to be yours. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.